Create for No Reason is your weekly dose of courage to stop making excuses and start bringing your ideas to life. Hello, hello. I hope you're doing awesome. I'm excited about this episode because I have a good friend of mine joining me for a fun conversation about writing and poetry and the creative process. And her name is Lolita E. Walker. She is a powerful, powerful individual. Oh my goodness. She, <laughs> she is best known as a change champion with a passion for helping women. And she is a brilliant writer. She is an incredible coach. She has a podcast. She is an entrepreneur. She is just a super bold person. And I just absolutely adore the work that she does into the world. She's a TEDx speaker, a corporate coach. She is an author. She's written a number of different books. She actually has a book that's coming out soon that I'm so excited about. And I'm excited about our conversation and I'm so happy that I get to introduce her to you. So please enjoy my conversation with Lolita Walker. Oh my gosh, Lolita Walker. Hey, <laughs> how are you? Okay, first of all, can we just be so excited that we <laughs> finally made this happen? Because we've been talking about this for months. I know, it's so good. And you know what, Kate? I was listening to your podcast the other day and I heard your poem and then I heard the super shout outs and I said, oh my gosh, we have got to do this. One, thank you for the super shout outs. Two, your poem was so fire. So if your listeners have not heard that episode, run on over. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this is so perfect because your episode, so when people are, when people are listening to this, the episode where I shared a poem is the one right before this one. Ooh, beep, beep, beep. And, and you were the inspiration behind me actually sharing a poem. Love it. On a podcast, which I have never done before. So you, like I said, in that episode, Lolita is an incredible writer a Thank beautiful you. poet. I mean, just insanely <laughs> talented. Thank you. I thank just you, love thank your work. You. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much because you know that I was inspired to create the second book that I'm, I'm writing right now. And it's going to be, oh, you, you ready for the title? Ooh, tell me. Okay. Can we talk letters and poems to reclaim a bolder you? Ooh, you like that? I like that. Yeah. And I like that, especially because for those of you that are listening, you don't know, but so many of your poems start with, can we talk? Yes. That's why it's called that. And let me just tell you, when I Googled, can we talk books? A little sale almost, almost pinned me in my balloon um, because there's other books called, can we talk? I was like, no, because my first book, The Intersection of You and Change, I am the only. And when I went to Can We Talk, but I said, hey, hey, you don't get sidetracked. It is called Can We Talk? Letters and Poems to, no, Letters and Poems to Reclaim a Bolder You. Woo! So excited. Oh my gosh. I love it. 
I love it. And, and that's, and what's interesting about that is if people are searching for it and there's already books out there, then guess what? They just found a better one than the one they were looking for. That's what I said too. And you know, all of my poems start with dear. So dear contagious vulnerability. Can we talk? Ooh, dear fear. Can we talk? I am so excited. So yes, Kate, poet, poet, Kate, so poet, poet, Lolita, let's do it. (laughs) Ooh, so uh, every time I do, every time we do something of an Instagram, you're my Instagram live buddy. We always just will randomly text each other and be like, Hey, are you around? Do you want to go live? So random. And I think it would be, and I always ask you to share a poem. So I think it would only make sense that you're on my podcast. So be thinking about a poem because we'll have you read a poem at the end of the show. So people I will hear your gorgeous words. So okay. let's talk a little bit about your writing style and process. I think there's so many people, you and I are both journalers. We love to journal and mm-hmm. writing is so therapeutic. It's so powerful. It's such a way that you can learn more about who you are and what you want and how you really feel. And people are scared to write. Why do you think so many people are scared to kind of sit down and and sit with their thoughts and actually put pen to paper on what it is that they're thinking? Yeah, it's scary. You know why? Because all of these thoughts and emotions and feelings and all of this stuff that's buried inside of you is finally coming out. And now I think it's the exposure the exposure, like, what are people going to think? How are people going to view me? What if this comes out? What am I going to think about myself? Do I even like me? You know, all of those things, or is it going to drudge up some things that I wasn't even ready to divulge yet, even to myself? I know when I wrote my first book, The Intersection of You and Change, it started by literally just writing. And I was going through so much change in my life that I started journaling exactly what you talk about all the time. I literally started writing, writing, writing. And as I went back to take a look at it, one, I could see my growth. But two, wow. And three, Lolita, if you really look at everything you've been through, and that's not even everything, but some of the things that have happened in your life is so amazing. And why wouldn't I help other women be able to do the same thing? So as I looked at it, I chunked it out. And then I said, but then I did some soul work with it. I didn't just read about it. I did some work with it. So what if I helped them by putting some soul work in it too? And it ended up being 17 stops of self-discovery, right? So I just think, right, right, right. And it's scary what comes out sometimes. Do you experience that? Yeah, I, I do. I, I do think it's scary because there's so many emotions that we feel that it's easier to keep them inside than it is mm-hmm. to share them. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard for us to be honest with ourselves about what it is that we truly want and the life that we're living. And I almost feel like as we get older, if you aren't pursuing the things that you really want to pursue, that stuff eats, eats at you, right? It eats inside because you're, it's meant for you and you really want to explore those things. But when you don't allow yourself to, I almost feel like it's, you've been, you've been trying to shut down the voice for so long and it gets annoyed it's almost like it gets stronger like you don't have that much time left like you have to pursue something yeah you know I also think we get stuck our normal is our own normal and sometimes we don't even know we're stuck until we start to get it out and I think that this exploration that you're talking about this excitement that we're talking about right here 
It's either it could be poetry, it could be journaling, it could be singing. Some people go outside and walk. Some people go to those sledgehammer places where you throw those um you throw these oh, the axe throwing? Axes. Yes, you throw these axe throwers. <laughs> like, get, get it out. Some people go and they hit stuff. Have you seen that? All of these things that people do to get it out. And for me, journaling and writing has really been amazing. I remember when I first started poetry. And you know why I did it? I hated my parents, or I thought I did. And I was young. And I was like, oh, I'm, a, mm, I'm writing. And I used to write in this diary. And they just started coming out as poems. And I started telling them about them. I started reading them to them. And I remember my father saying, these are really good. You're going to be a published author. And I'm like, is that what he, is that, is that what he got from this? Did he not hear every single thing? I used to be so bad. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. I wish I had him. You know what? This is another thing for people listening in. How many things have you thrown away as a child that you wish you had? Mm. And I moved when I went to college. I remember the day that I cleaned out that, that chest and I looked at those poems and I was like, ah, and I threw them away and I wish I had them now. Can you imagine? I got a whole book just doing those. (laughs) Wow. You know, I recently, my mom was going through a bunch of stuff and she found a, an old journal of mine from when mm-hmm. I was 12 or 13 years See? old. And I thought, oh my gosh, I wish, but I had so many more journals and letters and things that I had written mm-hmm. my friends. And, and, and of course I was in that place of Ugh, get rid of it, get rid of it. I don't want, I don't want mm-hmm. that mess. But now I'm like, oh, that would have been so cool to look through. Exactly. But how interesting, Lolita, that you started writing it because of your parents and your dad was the one that recognized yeah. how talented you were. And I didn't even listen. I was like, okay, no, I want you to hear the words. Hear me. I am pushing all of this out to you. It's like, oh, you're going to be a published author. And that was the end of that. Uh, another thing that I remember doing as a child, my father would uh, make us write book reports and I would give them to him and seriously I felt like I was in school I would get them back and they'd have red pen all over them like as if I didn't write anything (laughs) and you're going to be a published author I used to be like oh my god let me go write a poem about how this sucks (laughs) oh my so are you close with your parents now oh yes so my dad passed away seven years ago and my mom is still here and yes we are close actually now even closer than we my mom and I were I was I'm a daddy's girl hands down and I didn't even recognize how different it was but what I found as I wrote my first book as I was writing is that I was holding so much against my mom and I wrote and I remember when it got published I remember going to her and saying, hey, I want you to read this. It's interesting. I didn't show it to her before that. Although I show, it's funny because um, my ex-husband, pieces of our story was in there and I showed him before I published it. And I didn't show my mom before I published it. And one of the stories was about transition turnpike and how during transitions in your life, how I believe that there are three stages to change and transition the ending the middle and the new renewal like the renewal 
And my mom was all the way at her renewal. And I was still at the ending of my dad passing. And my mom had moved on and had a boyfriend in six months. And it freaked me out. And I was so angry and so frustrated. And I felt like she was trying to get me all the way there. But I was still at the beginning, right? I was all the way. I I hadn't quite ended my relationship with my dad in order to go over this bridge and get to the new beginning. And it wasn't until I was writing in my book that I recognized that. Yeah, writing is so critical. That's why I love that you talk about journaling. Yeah, I think it's it's such a it's such a form. I mean, it's such a form of of creative expression and just learning more about those feelings. I think it's so interesting that all of that showed up for you as you were writing. And the more that you write, the deeper your feelings and emotions get. And then your words can even become richer and richer. It's it's you know, we talk a lot about the creative process on this show. And I think when it comes to any creative pursuit, so like what you were talking about, some people want to go walk, some people want to, they want to cook or write a blog or start a podcast or whatever it is that they feel like they want to use their creativity for, we hold ourselves back or because we want it to be this perfect thing. Like I look at some of your work and I think, oh yes, like I want my work to be at a certain caliber, at a certain level, it's hard to start. It's hard to do mediocre work when you see other people's work that you aspire to be. And I think that stops a lot of people from not only writing, but really pursuing anything that they want creatively. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that I have to always check myself. And when I close my eyes, I know you talk a lot about process. And for me, in the moment of feeling something, I'll write and I'll journal. But I'll also start from a place where I don't know. I just feel like drifting and I'll close my eyes literally and I'll go to a place and I'll go to a place and I'll choose to write about that. Or I'll hear somebody's story and something sparks in me. So if I write, Dear Sadness, can we talk? Then I'm writing about the place of sadness that I'm feeling right now. And the beauty of that is that I'm standing right here. There's somebody that's looking up to me because of the way I gift poetry. And then I'm looking up to someone else because of the way that they gift poetry. So if you look at it, it's this amazing cycle of people just being poured into in different type of ways. So I believe that there's not any, not any two poets that are the same. There's not any two people that write the same because it's expression. And so there's pieces of me that you love, but then there's pieces of this person that you love. And then there's you and you are inspired by all of that. But then there's you, then there's Kate, then there's Lolita, then there's Tariq, then there's all of these people who come differently, but the power in the words are what pulls you in and everybody receives differently. I have a melody about my voice, whether I'm in person or whether I'm doing business or reading poetry, that is very different than someone else. And someone might not resonate with this, but somebody might resonate to somebody that's going really, really fast, really, really fast, really, really fast. And then other people need to pause. I need to pause sometimes. So that's what I do. Right? Yeah. And it's fun to play around with that. It's fun to, when you are more conscious of it, you're Mm -hmm. able to experience other people's work in a different way. 
Mm-hmm. Like if you read when if you're when I read books now, I'm because I'm am writing a book, I read a book very yes. differently. I'm like, oh, right. why am I so drawn to this? And then why why does this mean so much more to me than this other phrase? And then I recognize a lot of things. Like I'll recognize, oh, these really incredible books, they say so much in such little amount of words. Yeah. It's that power that they have in explaining. It's that, it's that uh that quote where they, where he says, I would have written a shorter note. I just didn't have the time. (laughs) And that's what I think about with, with beautiful pieces of writing is they're able to say things so succinctly and they pull out such emotion and they do it in a way with as little words as possible to make the biggest impact. And that's hard. It is a skill and it's something that you have to do over and over and over again. And, um, I was, taking this masterclass by Billy Collins, the famous poet. And he talks about how the only way to get great at poetry is to be a voracious reader. Mm -hmm. If you're not reading, you can't be a great writer. And Mm -hmm. I found that obviously to be true. Um, And I think with people's work, what I love about you, Lolita, is you're so fierce in your, not only your work and your poetry, but in your just in your presence of who you are, what you want out of life. And you live so boldly. You are, you say, I'm going to have a book. You write a book, you get it out. And then, Hey, I'm going to write another book because there's things in this book that I really want to say that didn't get that. (laughs) That wasn't said. And you put it out. And I think you had mentioned earlier about what holds people back, especially from writing is this caring what other people think. Yeah. What do you see? Or how do you get into a place or how have you over your many years of experience gotten into a place where you finally are able to just not care what other people think and you do your work? Yeah, such a good question. You know, we take in information all the time and imagine reading something and then there's no one there to say anything about it. So you're like, did they like it? Did they not? I don't know. So I still feel those things because I'm human and that happens. But the way I move it to the side is that I know that my train moves forward. And I know I'm so grounded in my faith that I know that God has placed me on this earth for a reason, for a reason. And even if I'm not all the way there, I live in such gratitude. It's like, I am grateful right now that I even have this platform to speak on. So who am I to complain because there's someone that's not here? So that's how I live. That's how my mind thinks. So what happens is that when I get and I accidentally move over to where comparison lives or move over to where something is trying to steal my joy, I come back, I regroup, I close my eyes. I imagine where I want to be when I'm my most creative and everything else becomes a distraction to me. Literally, I see it. And that's the answer is that I visualize everything I do. Imagery is my jam. So as we are even talking and we're talking about distractions, literally I'm visualizing myself walking down a path. Typically I'm on a train because I say Lolita's change train. Everything else is a distraction. That means it's on the sidelines and I'm moving past it, right? I am going forward toward my vision where my dream lay where my future self is. And I recognize that not everybody's going to be on there. So although I might accidentally lean over and get off on a stop of comparison, 
I remind myself that Lolita, your journey is right here. Now, if it's something you want to ask that person, you should go ahead and ask them. But if not, you're wasting my time being right here. We're all the way up here. So I think I, the imagery is so vivid that my future self, literally I can see come and grab me from times where I just happen to be standing in minutia. Seriously. Oh, your future self. I yeah. love that. I can see it. I see yeah. your future self like, mm-mm, get over here. Yeah. Do you <laughs> like, what is your future self saying to you? If your future self is up there living your best life and you're on your journey to get there, shoot, I hope your future self is coming back over there too. Like, Kate, if you don't get over here and stop playing around. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it. I hope that everyone listening is like, Ooh, who is my future self? What do they look like? What would they say to me? That is a powerful, that's a powerful journaling prompt. It is. I have my clients do it all the time. I'd be like, talk to her. (laughs) (laughs) So what's, what is your biggest, what is your biggest challenge right now? I was going to, I was going to say in your business or just your creative work, but I'll just leave Mm -hmm. it at that. Like when I say, what is your biggest challenge? What is the first thing that comes to your mind? Visibility. Visibility. Mm. That's the first thing as you said it. And then there was that pause and I was like, oh, is that the question? Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I saw you and I was like, no, there's something else there. I can see you thinking, yeah, you know, absolutely. I would say visibility. And somebody could challenge me and say, you had a TEDx talk. Are you kidding me? You wrote a, written a book. You write poetry. What are you talking about? You're showing up in these places and spaces. And yes, and I'm grateful for being right here. But there's so much more of the world that when I say Lolita E. Walker, they don't know. And my goal, my vision, like long term is to be this go-to speaker and this go-to power player in the coaching industry is to have coaching cocktails and conversations, not only be my podcast, not only be my Zoom cast, not only be my coaching experience, but a a talk show, right? And if I want to be there, then what am I doing now to get there? So I would say absolute visibility. Yeah, that's it. Woo. Mm, I love, and as you're talking, I'm like, like you have such clarity you have such clarity that I feel most people don't. Most people, Ooh. when you say, what do you want? They kind of, they, they kind of know, yeah. but not really. You speak with such clarity around what that looks like. And obviously you just said, you're all about visualizing. And mm-hmm. I see you talking and I see you <laughs> visualizing it as you're speaking, which I think is, can be challenging for people, especially if they're not in a place of such confidence. You exude confidence. Oh, thank you. You know, my equation for success is clarity plus confidence equals the commitment of how you show up every single day. If you're unclear, then your confidence is lower. The more clear you become, the increased confidence that you have. So you are committed to walk, talk, and behave differently each and every time. So I appreciate you saying that, but it's a journey, you know, and I'm telling you, journaling is part of that journey. Journaling is doing that. Writing my first book, it opened my eyes. Let me tell you, 40 years old hit me like a ton of bricks, honey. I look, I woke up and my eyes looked at the world differently. Literally. I'm like, what have I been doing? 40 is when I wrote my book. 40 is when I wrote my affirmation cards. 
40 is when I said, we about to get this business going. Like 40 is that year that life changed. I was going through so much change at once. And literally I woke up, you know, those, um, uh, I, I, I need to know the name because I use it so much. You know, when you go to the ophthalmologist office and you're getting your eyes looked at in that contraption that they put over your eyes and they like do these clicks. Okay. That right there. I woke up and God had clicked the thing and I could see, I was like, Whoa, look at the world. Literally. That's what happened. Oh my God. And, and you, so some would argue that, Oh, you should have done it sooner. Right? Like your past self could have said you should have done it sooner, but some would also say you had to go through every single thing that you went through in order for your eyes to open that quickly. Yes. I, I wasn't ready. I don't even know what I would have written about. Now there's authors that, I mean, have so much wisdom in there writing at such a young age. I know kids that are writing and that is beautiful. But Lolita E. Walker's journey wasn't there. Y'all don't want to see what I would have written when I was younger than 40. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got me right when you needed me. And still too, Kate, I love that you said that because when I go back and read my book, we are our most critical. And I was like, oh, I should make a whole nother edition because I got a whole bunch more that can go into that. And then I have to tell myself you could, or Lolita, you could allow that to do what it's doing in the world. Yes, it's touching women. I found out that it's touching men. And then I found out that couples are using it to to talk for increased communication. So I'm like, let that lay and do amazing. And now move on to these letters and poems of can we talk, right? Mm. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes. And and that, that is part of, of creative work. I've never mm-hmm. met an author who has felt like this book is done. I would have made no changes. Exactly. It's perfect. It's, you know, obviously everyone, I feel like if you have, whether it's a poem, an article, a book, whatever it is, when you go back, like you said, we are our most critical of our work. And the more that you grow and learn, it's so easy to look back and think, oh, I could have done this or I could have mm-hmm. rearranged it. But I love that you, instead of thinking about it that way, you're like, hey, I like that idea of this is doing what it's meant to do and moving on. What else? Mm-hmm. What's next? What's the next thing that you're going to create? How can you learn from the things that you have created? Which again, is all part of the process. It's like every time you sit down and write, you journal, you write a book, you do whatever it is, it's a rep. You learn what you need to learn. And as long as you're discovering things about yourself along the way, you know what move to make next. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good. Self-discovery is so amazing. It's so freeing. That's what I would say is I remind people that, yes, you're going to have tears through the process. Yes, you're going to question yourself through the process. Yes, of course. But that's why you need somebody to go through it with you. That's why coaches exist. Yeah, that's why taking time and getting into your most be free space is there. That's why taking those moments for yourself by yourself really is the impact to yourself. And when you are committed to grow you because you are tired of sitting where you're sitting right now and it has become so complacent and you know there's more, that's when you'll do your work. And until then, you'll keep on sitting where you're sitting. And then I'll see you further up. You meet me and my future self if you could catch me. right? You coach a lot of high performers. You coach a lot of women, you coach a lot of people in different industries. What 
do you, what have you seen is the biggest challenge people are coming to you to help solve? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, you know, it is around confidence and clarity. If I was to drill it really down, that's what it is. People, even in senior, senior, senior level positions have the same thoughts that we do too. It's not always about strategy. Like, oh, let's, let's talk strategy. No, the higher you go, the less people you have to talk to, to be open and honest with, right? The less people you have to really be like, oh my gosh, this is really what I want to talk about. This is what's happening at home. This is how I'm not able to put things together. This is where I feel stuck. The same issues, right? And if you are not clear on the foundation of where you stand, if you're, if you're, cracks are getting bigger and bigger in your foundation then you got to seek somebody to chat with because all of the answers are already inside you absolutely and hands down but sometimes we can't get to it because we just filled up with all this stuff and sometimes you need somebody to help you clear the stuff out of the way so that you can now see the pathway that was always there it's just that you didn't go to the right ophthalmologist right <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Do you, for, for those that are listening, what is the best besides journaling? Cause we already talked about journaling. What (laughs) is, what is a really simple practice? Maybe it's a daily practice, a weekly practice Mm -hmm. that people can do to level up their confidence over the next three months. Oh, this is good. Are you asking me or asking your listeners? Oh, what do you mean asking you? What can you do? No, I'm ready to give something that people can do. Well, yeah, that's what I'm asking. I'm asking for them, but I was like, hey, if you want to say what you're going to do, I'm all out here that too. No, but I was going to say something that I would challenge them with doing. Yeah. I love doing with my clients. Oh my gosh. I think that's such a good question. So I love this strength exercise. Have you done Have you done this strength exercise with me? I don't know. Have you been in the room? Okay, let's do it. So what is one? Hey, what if you do it right now? Are you ready? (laughs) Yes. Come on, Kate. You can do it. (laughs) You can do it. Yes. You have to have a sheet of paper. Okay. Okay. Listeners, get your papers right. I love it. Okay. What is one strength, Kate, that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you have? Without a shadow of a doubt, hands down, Kate. The my my immediate response right when you said that, which I always go with my first thing, is optimism. Oh, okay. And, and why, how are you so optimistic? How do you know that? How do I know that? Yeah. What have you done? Why do you say it, it came right to mind? You're like, Oh, yeah. I'm Cause I feel okay. like that is one word that I, that have people have said about me throughout my whole career, because I've always been, no matter what I was doing, no matter what I've been working on, I always believe that it's possible. I always believe, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but if I believe in something, I'm like, yes, let's make it happen. Let's do it. And I always am trying to bring out the best in other people. So I just like to come from a place of optimism in all the things in work and creative passion projects and life. Okay. I love it. Okay. Kate, what would your boss say is your greatest strength? Not what did you believe, but what would your boss say is your greatest strength? Um, 
Enthusiasm, energy and enthusiasm. Okay, tell me more. Why would they say that? Um, I've been told that again by people that I've worked with and the, uh, and that is why I run a company because being able to be enthusiastic about the mission, the vision of where we're going and help people along the way, because we are attracted to people that have that energy and enthusiasm about the work that they're doing. And I've always been very engaged in my work and very energetic about how I, I get very, I'm very excitable. I'm very excitable about all the things, all the passion projects and all the work that I've done throughout <laughs> my career. Okay. And I will say, yes, that is a core strength of yours. And then the last one, what is one strength that your clients would say that you had? Like the last client you worked with? Hmm. Um... They would say maybe, oh gosh, this is such a good one. I have to like, think about it. I'm trying to think of what they've said to me. Um, I've heard uh, that I'm very strategic, encouraging, um, but a lot, but a lot of them, great. They, 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 they say help them simplify. That I ask great questions to really help them simplify. Okay. Okay, I am still writing just real quick. Okay, so this is what you said, Miss Kate Bowman. Now, I want you just to listen for a moment and hopefully those listening in were able to kind of think through this as well. If not, then rewind it and do your soul work because it's worth it in the end. You said, I am optimistic. When I believe it is possible, I make it happen. I bring out the best in people. I am energetic. The mission and vision drive me and I attract others with my engagement. I am strategic. I help others simplify as they ask great questions, I am Kate Bowman. <laughs> I love that. Do you believe it? I believe it. It, You know why? Because it is you. These are your words, not my words. This is what you've demonstrated, not what I pulled together, right? These are the words you said. So. Now I want you to say it. Do you have it? Well, I didn't write it out the way you wrote it out. That sounded <laughs> awesome. I will send it to you. Um, it says, well, you can repeat after me. Okay. Okay. All right. I am optimistic. I am optimistic. When I believe it is possible. When I believe it is possible. I make it happen. I make it happen. I bring out the best in people. I bring out the best in people. I am energetic. I am energetic. The mission and vision drive me. The mission and vision drive me. And I am, no, and I attract others with my engagement. And I attract others with my engagement. I am strategic. I am strategic. I help others simplify as they ask great questions. I help others simplify 
as, as they ask, as I ask great questions. Oh, yes. I am Kate Bowman. I am Kate Bowman. Boom and bam. So what you've just done is create a personal and powerful affirmation to you, by you, and for you. So in those moments that you start to become shaky, I say that this becomes it for your daily routine. You say this every day. So for the next seven days, and then it'll be, it'll quickly become a habit. You will say this in the mirror, looking at you in your eyes, Kate Vollman, and you will say, I am optimistic. When I believe it is possible, I make it happen. I bring out the best in people. I am energetic. The mission and vision drive me and I attract others with my engagement. I am strategic. I help others simplify as I ask great questions. I am Kate Bowman. I love this exercise and I hope that I hope that if you're listening to this, I mean, that's awesome to be able to put that together for yourself. It is. It is. It's in my book. I, I, What's yours? Client- Can we hear yours? Oh yeah. They, they, they change all the time because I have so many affirmations. Now the creed I say every day, I could do this um, really quickly. I'll do it for you. But I say a creed every day. And I wrote this at the lowest point of my life. It's called be free creed. It's in the acronym B E F R E says, believe in your strengths and open your mind to now explore, expect moments to have meaning, which will propel you to soar. Face your fears head on yet. Hold them at bay, then release what is not progressing you on today. Experience the unexpected, which you would normally let pass by, and then embrace the renewed you who is now free to fly. I am Lolisa Emmanuel Walker. Oh, I love that. I say it every day. It has gotten me through the best and the worst of times, I tell you. And it also uh, governs my company. It's the creed that governs my company. It's the creed that governs me. And I believe it. I trust it. And I know it, right? I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and saying, creating that and then saying it so powerfully every single day. I love that you say it in front of the mirror, looking at yourself in the mirror and believing it because we've got to believe it. I Absolutely. love that Lolita. All right. So I normally ask our guests to share a five or 10 minute exercise that people can do, but you just did that. So that is the exercise for you to do. And oh my gosh, if you do it, when you do it, when you do it, please um, message us. I want to hear some of these affirmations that people are going to come up with because that's powerful. What if Kate We took a picture today before we get off of this amazing interview, which has been so much fun. What if you took a picture and you posted it on your IG and then your listeners went to your IG and told us what their, what their, um, affirmation strengths were. Ooh, I love that. There you go. Give them your IG. Do they know it? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they know it, but it's let them know, girl, let them know everywhere. It's always Kate Bowman. Kate Bowman on all all the places. And where what where can people find you on Instagram? Hey, Coach Walker. And guess what? You're gonna tag me in the post, and so I'll be able to read everybody's powerful affirmation too. This is just so juicy. You get a two for one. That's <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love it. Oh, Lolita, you're amazing. Thank um, you. don't think we forgot that you need to read us a poem. Oh yeah, that was end. that was kind of a poem, a little teeny mini one. Okay, I will 
What if I do the Dear Sadness? I mentioned that today. Oh, what do you think? Yes, I love it. Okay, let me, I should have been pulling it up. All right, here is the poem. It is, I hope you find some words inside of it that helps to shift you. It's called Dear Sadness. Dear Sadness, can we talk? Sometimes you cover me like a blanket and smother me so I can't breathe. Sometimes you threaten to pull all of my joy and the greatness that is within me from places that I dare not visit on my own. You clutter my mind with words that add no value, but instead they sink me into a place that is not worthy of my time, my energy, my space. Dear sadness, you are simply not worth me. Sometimes you push me into this valley where the water flows out of my eyes like a river. Today is the day that I overtake you with a life raft of joy and calm. Today is the day that I look inward to use your power to dry up my tears that threaten me as I coward in my fear. Yes, today is the day that I wipe away you. Dear sadness, I am surviving you. Sometimes you push me into this cave where the water flows through the cracks of its foundation. Sometimes you push me into a valley where the streams flow from my eyes like the ice glacier flows from all of those glaciers up above. But in this sadness where I sit, I want you to know that I've learned so much about me. My tears of sadness have now manifested into tears of gratefulness. And for that, I can now see the light. See, I am grateful for where I stand in this sadness, for being here and saying this aloud, for what I do have and what I don't have, for this space I find myself today in this ray of sunshine from where I am speaking to me, from me, in all of me, oh dear sadness. My tears have now become keys to unlock the darkness behind the door that was the Loch Ness Monster for so very long. They unlocked the doors that were adjacent to the cave that you tried to stick me in, dear sadness. You live and you love to find me everywhere, but watch me turn my frown into a smile and this smile into the life and the strength of you. You just wait, dear sadness. You are not altogether bad. You are so much more than a fad as you come and go and disrupt the flow of this thing called life. My life, my life, my life, my life. I am looking for sunshine. When I am sitting and staring and glaring and conversing with you face to face, so many who love me want to quickly usher me from your space, but why? I am loved. I am unbothered. I am your survivor. I am sitting in all of you, which allows me to sit in all of me. So why not just allow me to simply be dear sadness? You see this? Emotion sometimes feels like an ocean of fear and anxiety and excitement and joy all at the same time, at least for a while. So when I'm ready, I'll grab my smile and let go of you. Until then, I am sitting in this pause to simply say, dear sadness, can we talk? This is to you from me. I love you. Lolita. Oh, my gosh. So, so good. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited that you are, that this new book is all about these poems because I just get lost in each one of them. Oh, thank you. You know, sometimes when I read them back, 
I'll start missing a tear. And that is the intention. You know, this book started because it was, first of all, my second book was really all about affirmations. That's where I was going. I write these powerful affirmations for individuals. And I'm like, the world needs to see these things. And then I stopped having passion for it. You know, I don't know if that has ever happened to you, but I'm writing and writing for a project. And I'm like, oh, it starts feeling like a job. And I'm like, well, guess what? We're not doing that because I don't feel that in this moment. So one day my grandmother, who at the time was 89 years old, was saying, she just started getting into this rut where she would say stuff like, I feel like a burden or I'm so stupid. I would hear her saying these things to herself. And I'm like, well, hey, who are you talking to? And that's literally how she felt. And so I wrote a poem called Dear Black Girl. And I read that to her. And she said, one, tears came from her eyes, but she said, um, where can I read this? Like, I want to just keep on looking at it. Where can I see it? I was like, oh, well, let me write a book. And I said, what if my grandmother or any other person in the world had a book that they could literally pick up that met them where they were for any emotion that they were feeling, met them where they were, and then helped to get them into a place where they felt energized and excited. And that is what this book is. I wish I had this book as I <laughs> was moving and grooving, but now I will. Yeah. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. Lolita, I'm so glad we finally did this. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. We'll have to do it again because I could talk to you for hours and hours on end. I know it's so good. I have to have you on my podcast too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. I would love, love, love to. <laughs> that would be so fun. What um, and so what is your fun? podcast? Where can people find your podcast? Oh, they can find it at, it, it's called Coaching Cocktails and Conversations. And you can find everything at lolitawalker.com. It'll lead you to podcast.lolitawalker.com. And you can get it on any streaming platforms, coaching cocktails and conversations. I would love it. And then this, awesome. this episode here will be on my website as well under media. So they'll be able yes. to get it everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. Amazing. You're awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so, so much. And um, hey, we'll do a live soon. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Lolita. Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh. How much do you love that poem? And Lolita. Oh, she's so great. I'm so glad that we finally had her on the show because she's just so amazing. And she taught me so much about poetry and writing. And I really love that exercise. So I hope that you take some time and do that exercise, create that affirmation for yourself and say it, you know, there's just times when we need a little, we need a little boost. We need a little reminder of our fabulousness <laughs> and being able to really focus in on your superpowers and your strengths and what makes you, you being able to do that is really powerful. So I hope you take some time and I really do hope that you tag, tag us in it myself and Lolita, or if you're not comfortable doing that, Hey, just send us a message on Instagram. I, I would love to hear some of your affirmations and, and see if it made an impact in your day and in your life. If you actually read it for every day, you know, just start with a, with a, a week, whatever, give yourself a, give yourself some kind of a goal. 
All right, awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I so appreciate you. And if you loved this episode, if you love this podcast, please share it with your friends. And if you haven't written a review, please, please do. I would so, so appreciate it. Thank you again for being here. And until next time, go create something. Thank you.